This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome. I was about to sing. How and welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And no, this is not a musical episode, even though it sounded like it was going to be. You look Why like you, not. You look like you're dressed for a musical. Like I know. I'm, listeners, I'm wearing this like bright rainbow top. It's like ludicrous, and it's actually really, really warm. So I might have to change out of it, but not during the episode. And the episode, today. what's it about today? Yeah. Is drum roll. Uh, well, yeah, we thought we'd talk about uh, mentoring, how to choose a mentor, how not to choose a mentor. Without being too informative. Without being too informative and talking about the human side of choosing a mentor. Um, so I, th- I think the first thing we need to assume is that everyone who's listening to this has thought about getting a mentor. Um, and I, I kind of hope that that would be the case because I suppose that's the kind of people we attract. But there might be people who are listening who who contact, who thought about having a mentor and go, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go do it myself. Or I've had really bad experiences with mentors and thought, well, actually, there's no point having a mentor. I may as well just go do it myself because I made all those expensive mistakes anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, so we first first and foremost, I think we need to assume that, or do we need to assume that people want a mentor? Mm. Assume does, makes an ass of you and me. I love that saying. It took me ages to figure out what it was all about because I was just like, Yep. So, and I was like, "Oh no, the spelling, the actual word." Got it. Cool. I, I um, think there will be some people that will listen to lots of podcasts and webinars and stuff, and assume that they'll get enough information from that to 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 suffice. They they, they won't need a, a mentor. Which... <laughs> you're not. I'm not going to get it from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. <laughs> yeah. But I think the general consensus is: if you don't have a mentor, you should have one. I agree. Do you know what it is, right? And I think there's also the other side of the coin as well. You get those who think it's just about the knowledge and then you get those who don't think they need the knowledge because they're just right on the back of a mentor's knowledge. And so I think this, there, there is definitely a, a balance to be struck because you, I feel like if you just go out into property and you think, I'll oh, just have someone show me how, the risk with that is you've got nothing to underpin it. So it's it almost the responsibility of the mentor becomes mentor and educator and they're quite different roles actually um so I just think that you need to you need to know a little bit even if you have gathered it in some form of online research if that's all you've done but in terms of accountability because this is what the mentor is about it's about guidance it's about um you know steering somebody towards clarity it and getting them laser focused on some form of strategy um, but also just yeah holding them to um, account on, on action and 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 decisions that they're making and follow-ups and all of those things whilst imparting wisdom from their own experience right um, a bit of show how as well so do you know I just feel like it's a bit of a risk to just go with a mentor and assume that's all you need oh that's gone deep Oh, sorry. I didn't realise. When is this? The Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. What you're saying is there's different things that you need. You need to know what you're doing. So you need to learn. And yeah. then you put it, need to put it into practice. And actually, I think people get stuck going from one to the other. So they get stuck learning and they go, oh, this theory is great. Get really excited and then, then struggle. 
And I think that's where mentorships can fall down is where they don't get people taking action. So uh, I think part, part, of, part of that is, is on the mentor, but part of that is on the mentee. So a, mentor, a mentee needs to be ready to be mentored. Yeah. And, and they must listen to the mentor mm-hmm. because we've definitely had clients in the past, mentees who um, have not listened to what we say, then that's what they don't get the results that they want. Yeah. Not many, to be fair. Um, we, we've, we've learned how to, how not to be a mentor and how to be a mentor. Um, but you do need to keep people on task, people, people on track. And if they don't want to listen to you or don't want to take the advice, there's only so much that you can do. Yeah. Do you think then that there are there people that get to the point of doing the training and then doing the mentorship and then realize, do you know what? I just I don't want this. Mm. Is that a reason why some people just don't follow through with it? Or is it laziness or is it maybe a combination? Mm. Oh, God, there's so much there, isn't there? I think. okay. when I've spoken to students in the past who are kind of learning the whole industry, what happens is they get to a certain point in their knowledge journey and then they start to get an insecurity around the fact that they don't know enough in order to be ready for a mentorship. They feel like they have to have so much more done, like maybe at least one buy to let or a few buy to lets before they maybe use their mentorship for a higher income generating strategy, like co-living units or something. So there's a, I think there's a, a sense of um, having to prove their own self-worth. I do think there's a case of being overwhelmed sometimes, which can affect whether or not they, they move into a mentorship relationship. I think there's also a case of um, they feel uh, intimidated like sometimes people can feel intimidated by having uh, a mentor who just knows so much more than them. So they get there's like a level of embarrassment that they're starting from the bottom, especially if it's, a, um, I don't know, you know, a bit, but you don't know enough. And so there's like a, a reluctance to know more because you, you I just, do you know what I mean? There's an insecurity. That's when, that's when you need the mentor. Exactly. Yeah. So um, again, you've got to, yeah, how, how do you overcome that? It, it, well, so the way that we do it is we we include it all in one, all, all at the same time. So you yeah. teach them and mentor them at the same time. I think that's the best way to do it. So you have to implement it. So there's yeah. no gaps. It's not like you're learning, 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 learning. Stop mentoring, 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 mentoring. It. I think it all has to be all encompassing, so yeah. that you're drip feeding them information whilst they're acting on it and whilst uh, whilst you're mentoring them on a regular basis. I suppose that's why we we do the way things that we do our way. Yeah. I don't want to make this all about us. I think it's very specific to your strategy. So you yeah. talked there about people wanting maybe to buy a little buy to let first and then get a mentor to help with HMOs or whatever. But you need a mentor at every stage because yeah. it's different. Different yeah. issues will crop up. Different knowledge, different skills is required or yeah. are required. So what you learn when you're buying a buy to let is going to be slightly different to what you need to know when you're buying HMOs, which is going to be slightly different if you're doing developments or service accommodation or whatever it might be. So you know, mentors play a part in the whole process at every stage. Yeah, but also I think this is another thing as well. It's like the students that I see who go on to be super successful generally are the ones who really got practically hands-on quite soon. And so they actually leverage the knowledge and skill and support and accountability of a mentor to kind of find the ropes with the whole freaking process. Right. Because actually, whether you're operating 
um, anabitolet level or above, the, the actual process is the same. There's nuance that, you know, in knowledge, but it's literally diligence, acquisition, modify or renovate, generally speaking, or some form of planning gain, and then an exit strategy, whether to sell or to remortgage. And of course, under each one of those steps in the process, there's different levels of knowledge that you need to have. And that's where the mentor can step in as well. But I think if you defer, 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 um, I think you end up, it's my biggest frustration. I think you end up just making all the mistakes on the smaller projects, which actually could have been mitigated uh, if yeah, you it had just, guidance. Or, or you just don't start. Well, you just don't start. You just don't start because you feel like you're, yeah. It's a, it's you, end a buying, you end up buying something which isn't very good um, for your first one and going, oh, it's okay. It's just my first one. Whereas it's if they maybe um, consulted someone and go, okay, say, what about this one? And what about that one? And say, well, you could look at this. How about that? And um, I think a lot of people do settle for their first deal yeah. rather than actually trying to make something of it, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing because it is also about getting started and getting your first one over the line. That's sometimes you yeah, but if they don't learn anything in their first one, then you're not growing. Yeah, but, but they're getting their first one done. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess it's got pros and cons, but the way I look at it is people that's, that take that approach and wait until they do the bigger deals before they get a mentor. It was like, well, if you're learning to drive, you don't go out and have a have a go at it before you get an instructor to teach you how to do it. Oh, yeah, you, you, you get your instructor, so you advance driving. Yeah, so you <laughs> yeah. advance driving is when you get your instructor. Up to that point, you just, uh, you know, have a go. But yeah, yeah. But the, the issue with having a go yourself, and it's the same thing for driving, is you, you pick up a lot of bad habits, and those bad habits are hard to shake once mm. you... To, for the mentor then has a lot more hard work to do to get that mindset and to get the bad habits rid of get rid that's of that's so true that's like my skiing journey that yeah. describes my skiing journey perfectly it's just like mm. I feel like every time I go skiing I'm constantly undoing bad habits from when I try to figure it out myself <laughs> you know like it's uh it's the same principle isn't it yeah that's a really good comparison actually um all right then so uh, what about then because I think what, talking about the human side of mentoring, mentee compatibility. Yeah, because it's it is a bit of a matchmaking sitch. I think what happens is when people look for a mentor, they think, oh, they're in that area, so I'll just use them. And it's like, well, okay, fine. Or it's like, oh, they do that particular strategy, so I should just hang out with them. And it's like, well, I don't know. Like for me, and this was my experience of mentoring when I was a mentee back in the day, I needed the personal connection as much as I did the professional connection I think because you're going to be spending a heap of time with that person and you know even a really great mentor can be an absolute dick or you can just not connect there could be a reason that you're not compatible so it's yeah like what's your thought on that 100 percent um and I have well I think it's one of those things we should almost never meet your heroes so you see some people and then they're not necessarily exactly who they seem uh, or but also those there's, there's a persona if someone's trying to put themselves out there as an expert in their field they might come across their expert in their field but they might not be very good at mentoring true so there, there, there's that so some of the best mentors are not necessarily really good at selling themselves um as being mentors so that you're trying to weigh up uh you know, that 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 as well but i i do think that uh you should get a good compatible um relationship someone who's 
been through what you've been through. Um, so, and it, and that doesn't necessarily mean okay. I was a piano player. I became a a, a, a HMO landlord, and so forth. I could only work with a piano players who become HMO landlords. Incidentally, I think we're probably going to get a client who is a piano teacher who's going to become a. Uh, a, okay. a, so, 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 so it, it it does attract because they resonate with you. But yeah, you know, having your own business, having a job, all of that. Someone who's done that, gone through it, come out of it, got out of it. Someone's maybe had to raise finance. You know, raising finance. If uh, you, know, you don't necessarily want to learn from a mentor who's had all the money in the world to go and invest because they're, they're thinking very, very differently to someone who needs to work with partners in order to do that. Mm. So um, I, that, I still find it amazing chatting to you know, people with with cash to see how they think about um, how they think about things, because it's often very, very different to how, how we would. Um, so, yeah. And you were saying, I think before we came on, Joe, that, you know, especially from a woman's woman's perspective as well there's a massive difference so i wouldn't necessarily have the same understanding of what challenges some women have gone through or are going through um to say i think there is a difference there as well yeah i really do think there is like your your life priorities can often be different so you know you're speaking to people who've got families as well which applies to you know both parents obviously but it's it's if you're managing a, a job or you're managing a family, um, you know, and you're being everything to everybody, which often women are, and you're thinking about a mentor, you've got to find somebody who's doing that as well. Because I think one of the biggest challenges people have is actually fitting this into an existing life. And so having someone who can actually impart wisdom around that element of investing, you know, um, until such time you find yourself in a position where you probably could scale back from those commitments, uh, not parenting, obviously, you don't just drop your children because you're a full-time property investor, but you know what I mean? Like you have- We drop we drop off our children. Yeah, <laughs> we drop off, our ch- exactly. Yeah. It's a different, different vibe. But I think I always find that women in particular are looking to have guidance in and around those life skills um, whilst doing something that is entirely new and an upward learning curve like it. So don't underestimate the importance of that as well. And things like, yeah, uh, interests and um, uh, yeah, and just a general rapport with somebody. Um, I've been on, I went on a mentorship once with somebody who was just I I just conversation was stifled and the, some of the questions that I wanted to ask I just couldn't so yeah that was a quite an awkward experience um but likewise I if I think back to the first mentorship I ever had back in 2015 it was as much about the emotional reassurance and the soundboarding and the fact checking you know it was it was all of those things you know because actually I had learned the fundamental skills, but what the mentor did was give me the confidence to implement it, which felt very emotional because confidence is, 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 is very emotional. You know, it has to come from a, from an inner place, which education might not necessarily give you. It's the implementation that comes from and the confidence to execute, which is where your mentor I think is amazing. So yeah. I don't know like there's a whole bunch of stuff that I've just thrown out there but those are the thoughts that come to mind when I'm thinking about if people are choosing mentors I'm trying so hard not to be too informative here but I totally have strayed into it it's like it's about as much personal as it is professional yeah I think as well as you yeah you need to have that 
connection with them. You need to like them. You want to be able to spend time with them and not get bored of their company because you will spend quite a lot of time with your mentor and trust them. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, people that are actually doing the do. So you need someone that is actually working in the strategy that you're being trained in or that you're working on. So having someone that hasn't bought a property for the past 10 years is probably not going to be the best mentor to work with you. Yeah, true. So it's like CBD, isn't it? So, sorry, CBD? That's so not what it is. I mean, CBD. CBD even. CBD. <laughs> yeah. Are they into CBD? That would be so, that should be like your first criteria. Um, yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think that's a fair point, actually, because the market changed. This is the problem. Like if you've just dipped out for like 10 years, the whole world in property has shifted in that time. We've That's not even been at it for 10 years and it shifted. Like much it's shifted in the past two years. Never right? like 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, like the old school sort of approach to just offering below market value and hoping for the best and like doing 40 offers in like one stick. All that is just so dated now. Like. Yeah. it'll come back it'll, it'll come, come back. back yeah we have, I was having this conversation with our project manager today and it's just like it's it's only a period of time it'll it'll change again because that's but it, the, the, it comes back to the same point that you made doesn't it it's like the knowledge to know when to apply that and when not to which is like now mm. is the time to apply that logic is just that's why you need someone who's kind of in it and bending and flexing with the madness that goes on in our industry with the market so yeah yeah, yeah. okay so joe <laughs> Uh-oh. Thinking of, of all the mentors that you've had in the, um, in the, the many years all right. been, that you've been on this uh, planet, um, uh, what would you say are the best, the best quality um, that you've seen in a mentor that you've had? Did Mark just politely call me old? I feel like he did, but let's just skip over that. Um, okay. Um, all right. I think so one that, of- you also have many years to go. Thank you. Well, well recovered, sir. You're, you're um, only halfway there. Only halfway. Maybe. <laughs> oh God, I expect to live beyond then. Oh, anyway, we'll segue beyond that. Um, if you can, with your Zimmer frame, just come around it. Honestly, you're living very dangerously over there. <laughs> Not. You, you could segue on a segue. Segue on a segue. Yeah, do a wheelie in my wheelchair. Okay, back to the question. Back to the question. So two things came to mind. Number one is the ability to instill confidence to let me lead, I think, is the big thing. So there's a point in the early days of a mentorship, I think, where you're quite dependent on their guidance to steer, suggest and and yeah, but the implementation's on you. And I think what happens is is that dynamic has to shift to give that person who's actually on the mentorship the confidence to take the lead with somebody in the background who's merely a soundboard as opposed to a steer. And that empowering transition is quite difficult, especially if you're really skilled, you've been in the industry for a long time, the temptation is just take over and do it. Just like, you just do this, you just do A, B, C and D. It's like, well, hang on a minute. No, you need to let them put their own tuppence worth in here. That's the first thing. The second thing, was actually what I do when I'm mentoring. So if I'm mentoring clients in and around well, often confidence, which you know a lot of my clients are property people, um, it's that balance between coaching 
a mentoring that I think is really important. And in the early days, if you don't understand your mentee, and if you haven't taken the time to really get under the skin of who they are and what it is they want, you are a shit mentor. And I've experienced that where they've not taken the time to know me enough in order to be really clear on what it is I need them for and where Mm. I want to be. And so that was something I learned when I was getting into a, a, into mentoring and it was, yeah. So if I'm doing six sessions, two of them are coaching to get under the skin of the client. The last four are all mentoring, which is a fine balance between them taking the lead, but also me steering. It's just that sort of, and I, they're very different skills. Um, but I think they are equally important because they serve very different functions and one has to come before the other. So would you say that was your biggest gripe? Um, yeah. Previous men- mentorships as well. Yeah, they just didn't. It was about them um, kind of telling me what to do. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Ask me what I want to do. And then let's let's discuss the process. Because actually, it's not just about what it is you're supposed to do. It's the decision making. Understand the process by which you get to, to do stuff. And I think once you get your head around that, as opposed to just being given a set of freaking instructions, that's not what mentoring is. It's so much more complex and so much more nuanced than that. And I think... Yeah, you can lead a horse to water, but it doesn't mean they're going to drink. You know, they got to want the water. What kind of water do you want? Where's the water? You know, how thirsty are you? It's, it's just understanding that and then sort of like saying, well, if I, if, if that's your journey, these are the ways you could go about it. Pick your route. You know, it, it's that. It, it's that process. And I think that gets overlooked because people go, well, I've done it this way. So therefore you need to do it this way. No, they're not an avatar of you. They're not a fucking carbon copy. They've got their own car, their own journey to, to carve. You're facilitating that and giving them options to choose so they feel empowered to step off and fly on their own or drink on their own. Um, lots of animal drinking, flying analogies going on there. Woo! But that's my view on it. Um, what about you guys? Niall, what do you think is the um, game with your best quality from a previous mentor and biggest frustration from a previous mentor i think the best quality from a previous mentor is someone that really listens um and understands what it is you're trying to achieve so i guess it's coming from what you were talking about joe so they uh one mentor in particular would really the first thing that he would ask is you know what's going on with you to try he wanted to get inside my head to find out what i was thinking what struggles I had what was going well what wasn't going well Mm. um, and based on those answers then would determine where the rest of the um, mentoring session would go Um, so I found that really really useful and there were some times that we would be having conversations and we would things would come out that you hadn't even thought about um, just by doing that deep dive into your thought process and where you were as a as a person at that particular time and sometimes it wasn't necessarily even property related or business related that exactly. the outcome is it could be that you need to go and work on your personal mindset or whatever it might be um, yeah. to put you in a position then to be able to move forward and um, so understanding that I think was a really really beneficial for me um worst trait or worst experience um i know who you're gonna say as well <laughs> what, am I, what am i gonna say what am I gonna you're say? not gonna name them obviously but yeah. <laughs> um I, I think it's kind of 
not been given enough of a clear direction. Mm. Um, so just being pushed out into the middle of the traffic and not having any idea of where to go. Um, so yeah, being given being given lots of instructions to get to a certain point, and then you turn around and there's there's nobody there to help you move to the next stage. And there's a lorry coming towards. There's you. a lorry coming towards you. Like, <laughs> so I think it's it's uh, again very similar to your um, experiences, Joe. But just having that person to to continue to focus with you and to make sure that you actually the steps that you're taking are actually going in the right direction. And if you do need a little bit of help, that they're there to steer you and continue to steer you yeah, yeah, yeah no that's a really good point I think as well yeah um yeah Matt yeah yeah uh, okay so oh best quality um yeah best quality in in in, in mentors in the past has been it's 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 when you get I like quite quite get into the into a bit of detail so it's being able to kind of do a bit of a deep dive and just be able to answer questions um and uh i generally do kind of go question 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 even if there's any questions so i suppose someone who has the patience mm -hmm. to deal with that yeah as a, having been on the receiving end of it as well, I know what it's like to have that kind of mentee, and it 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 can be tiring, but it actually is really good because you don't mind because they're actively as long as they're actively doing stuff, it, it it's good. Um, in terms of the worst quality, um, having a having somebody who gives a shit. Um, so I've had my I think my very first mentor really didn't give a shit. Mm. So um, just going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, or. or or being too distracted by either their own stuff that's going on or being distracted by the fact that they've got too many clients. I've had that before. I was joining a mentorship program where I thought it was going to be more, well, the ratio was going to be like very limited in numbers and it grew from, you know, 10 to 20 to 40 to 50 to 60 to 70. I was like, well, this isn't, this isn't mentoring anymore. Mm. Oh, what happened? Yeah. I suppose it was called a mastermind, but you know, yeah, you having that one-to-one -one advice and feedback from that person that I was buying the mentoring from was pretty was important to me. And um, so, again, all this, all these things are, uh, we add them together to make sure that when we're mentoring, it, it, we we yeah we know what we didn't like in mentoring, so so we can make sure we do something that that we like that should also work. Yeah, just to pick up on one thing you said there about asking stupid questions, I don't think there's necessarily a stupid question because if you don't, yeah. if you don't know, you don't know. So yeah, you don't know what you don't know, isn't it? Yeah, especially yeah. in our yeah. industry. I mean, there's there's like so many things that you just could quite easily not know and think you know or think you know. That's the thing with mentees. Often, yeah. like they think they know something, and then you're like, oh, hey, no, it's actually this, and they're like, oh, okay, I've always thought differently because there's a lot of assumptions in our industry. I think because of you know the social media presence and uh, lots of people talking but also it's on tv and people get kind of swayed by by those um those platforms but there was something else you were talking both of you mentioned it actually and it made me think was like when i'm mentoring i think one of the most useful things for me as the mentor is to understand what they're shit at you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so you know that you're really badly organized. Let's say you're a really disorganized person. 
you're going to bring that into this thing that you're trying to do, whether it's property or otherwise. Right. So it's like, okay, what stops you from being successful in the past? And when you understand what that block is, when you're guiding them through a process, you can factor that in and how they can combat that so that they're not that same sense of failure isn't a risk anymore. So I think when you understand what people's struggles are, and I always say this to students, when you're, when you're thinking about what you need from a mentor, identify what you struggle with day to day, because it's going to be the same. It's, it's going to be exactly the same in this process that you're about to go into. Um, and it's normally around time management, um, confidence, accountability, you know, following up on what you said you were going to do, all of that stuff. You know, if you're not, if you're rubbish at all of those things, or, you know, you're a procrastinator, things like that, that is, if you understand that as a mentor from the jump, you're going to get better results, which is going to make you feel better as a mentor. So, yeah, I do think it's important to really be clear on that. And that's the coaching part of the mentorship role is to get under the skin of your clients to know what they struggle with and, and find ways that they can build mitigating and managing that into their adventure. Not journey. I'm not going to say the J word, Niall. So, OK, Niall has to now has to smile and give me a thumbs up because can I tell you, listeners, Matt's just taken a phone call. How highly unprofessional on a podcast. Who phoned you? Uh, reception to let me know that our interviewee is here. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, you should you should probably go. Uh, or <laughs> alternatively, really throw them in the deep end and see if they can handle being on a podcast. <laughs> can you imagine that being your interview? <laughs> well, oh, on, no. on that note, I think I think we should probably uh, wrap up today's episode. Had you finished saying what you were saying? Because obviously I was distracted for the last 10, 20 seconds. Well, you weren't clearly paying attention. So yeah, yes, I had. And it was an excellent point, wasn't it, Niall? It, it was, was wonderful. Thank you. And wonderfully delivered. By thank you so much. I really gave that some love and thought. So yeah. Oh, yes. Hmm. Right. Well, OK, so, yeah, um, connect personally, connect professionally and don't, don't, don't end a podcast like this. <laughs> right. From the top. OK, so how do we normally go? It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.